Are you ready for some word today? All right, let's go to Psalm 34 and Psalm 145. Now, if you've been with us for a while, your Bible is starting to fall open to this, these two places, and that's a good thing, or you've got them bookmarked on your, your device. Psalm 34 and Psalm 145. The scripture reads here in verse 8, 34, 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Is that an experience he's talking about here? Huh? It is. Tasting is an experience. You ever had a, been to a good restaurant? And you know you experienced something there. <laughs> Taste and what? And see that the Lord is good. So there is evidence now to the, the, the goodness of God. It's something that we can taste. It's something that we can see. Really, yeah, I believe we could go beyond that. It's something you can hear. It's something you can smell. It's something that you can feel. The goodness of God is intended to be tangible. The goodness of God is supposed to be experienced by us. We're not talking about something that, well, we just accept that God is good by faith, and we do accept it by faith, but we accept it by faith, and there is no evidence at all of His goodness. No, not so at all. That's never what God intended for us to, to, to just kind of stick our head in the sand and ignore all the evil and all the junk and act like it's not there and say God is good, God is God, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is... Sorry, I can't say it very good. God, God is good, even though all evidence is contrary to it. Hmm? That's not what this verse tells me. It tells me that I should taste it, I should see it. In other words, I should have an experience that tells me that God is good. Okay, and what I want to encourage you in, in, in this particular series, is that even if you haven't had that experience, you can, you can accept God's word by faith, and then there will be a corresponding experience that follows it. And you'll be able to say with absolute certainty, with testimony, with show and tell, that God is a good God. Praise God. goes on to say, blessed is the man who trusts in Him. All right, now Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. We've been using these two verses, well, three if you count all three verses, two openings, three verses uh, for this series of messages. Verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Praise God. Are you glad for that today? I want to continue today. This is our series. The, the title is The Goodness of God in a Very Bad World. All right. This is, if you're, if you're with us for the first time today, this is part eight. All right. Everybody say part eight. All right. Part one through seven. You can get caught up this afternoon. All afternoon, but <laughs> yeah, they're on the website. You can listen to those, download them for free, and uh, and get caught up. I believe it'll be very, very helpful for for all of us to understand. I'm so thankful for this knowledge and for this understanding of God, so I can correctly interpret the things that happen in life, the the the, the junk and the suffering and the, all the things that happen in our world. And so we've been explaining this from a biblical and godly perspective, and then also. We've been talking about why these things sometimes hit home. Why sometimes do even believers, those who love God, uh, why, why do they sometimes experience suffering and and uh, sorrow and and uh, you know different things like that in their life when they didn't want it, they didn't ask for it. And of course, you know, from the beginning, we're, we're saying this: it's not the will of God 
when, when you go through tragedy. That wasn't God's plan. It wasn't His design. It's an interruption of His plan. Okay? And, and again, we're explaining why these things happen. And, and today, I want to share with you another reason. Okay? In fact, in my list of reasons, this will be the last reason. I'm not done yet, though there's another part to this series that you're going to want to be at for next week, and it's going to answer a lot of questions that probably have arisen in some of your minds, even as I'm explaining these things. But here is another reason why sometimes Christians, sometimes people who have good intention, everything else, they walk into bad situations and experience suffering and tragedy in life. And it is it has to do with ignoring God's leading. Ignoring God's leading. An intentional pushing aside of the leading of the Lord. Now, that's where we want to go, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this today. You, you remember, I, I gave this, this illustration, how that life can be likened unto living in a, jum, a jungle. Because of the sin-filled world that we live in where there are a lot of problems, a lot of, a lot of you know, challenges. There's quicksand and, and tigers and alligators and everything else. There's a lot of junk in the world that unless we learn to navigate the world or the jungle, so to speak, uh, then we're probably going to end up getting hurt. Okay? Not because we're a bad person, not because it's the will of God, but because there's a problem with the environment. There's a problem with the world we live in. Not your fault, necessarily. I mean, we've all contributed, I think, a little bit, but right at the same time, we were all born into it. So we didn't choose that. We didn't pick that. Uh, but, but this is the reality of the world we live in. And so without some kind of navigation aid, we're probably going to get bit a couple times. But, thank God there is help. We do have God's Word. We do have revelation knowledge. We do have knowledge of, uh, you know, the, the laws of God. And, and, and uh, when I talk about that, I mean spiritual laws. And, and our knowledge of these things can help us to avoid the problems that we live in. But one of the big keys is not only, because how many understand in the, in the New Testament, the second half, or second, you know, third of the Bible... We are not really instructed or told to live by written rules. We are, we are told that in this covenant, since Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead, that God writes His laws on our hearts. He fills us with His Spirit so that we can be internally led. All right. Not about just a bunch of rules and regulations that, that, that govern us and put us down and, and condemn us every time we fail, but an inward leading an inward um, tour guide, if you will, through life who will tell us where to go, what to do, what to not do, what to avoid, right? And if we will learn how to cooperate with His Spirit in this way, we will simply dance around a lot of the things that other people in life have to deal with head on, okay? Again, we, we must learn to navigate the world is not this way, again, because of God's will. It's that way because of sin. The world is corrupt. Men's hearts are full of selfishness and rebellion. And again, we were born into this mess, but we can, with the help of the Spirit of God, learn to thrive in the midst of it. Now, one of the ways that we will avoid the pitfalls of this world and the devil's traps is simply to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do you know God actually speaks to people today? He really does. I don't mean we're 
we're trying we're adding to the scripture trying to add new books in into the bible but god will speak to you concerning your life concerning your future concerning what is best for you and your family and your your career and your business and just really everything that that pertains to life he will talk to you about that i know that's kind of a new thought to some that they say well you know i kind of think people who are weird who say god speaks to them well you know i kind of think people are weird who don't ever hear from god huh so I think you're weird. Well, I don't care. <laughs> if I can hear from God, I'm going to dodge the pitfalls of the jungle. And when you're down on the quicksand, I'll say, see? <laughs> then I'll give you a hand out. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> as, it's, as the sand is coming in the mouth. <laughs> you're mean. But really, I mean, we see this all through Scripture. When you look at the book of Acts, you see the early church. It, it's just very common that they talk about the Holy Spirit said. And the Spirit of God said this, and there was visions and dreams and all these things. God wants to communicate with you, wants to communicate with us as a group. And why does He want to do that? Well, for multiple reasons. But one is so He can help us navigate the jungle. He can help us to avoid the traps and the pitfalls, the attacks of the enemy, and, and, and avoid a lot of the suffering that is going on in, in life. And, and, and so life is not to be just a big guessing game. Many Christians treat the Lord that way as He is constantly just a massive mystery. You can never know His will or His plan or what He wants you to do or where He wants you to go. But that's contrary to the Word of God. Do you know that Scripture actually? In numerous places, we have promises that He will lead us. We have promises. He told us that He would direct us, that He would tell us what to do and where to go. I think sometimes we need to step up and, and exercise some faith, have some belief in that very promise that God will direct our lives. Okay? Look with me at Psalm 23. If you're there in the Psalms, you're not too far away. Uh, left turn. Psalm 23, this is a very uh, well-known psalm. Just look at the third verse. The third verse, it says, He restores my soul. But then it goes on to say, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Where does He lead us? In the paths of destruction, right? He leads us into turmoil and despair. He leads us into Tragedy? No, no. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Everybody say it out loud with me. Say, the good shepherd leads me in the way I should go. He leads me down the right path. Yeah, you've got a leader. You've got a leader. And he lives on the inside of you. If you're a believer, he lives on the inside of you. If you're not a believer yet, he's still here. And he's still tugging. And he's still working on you. Look at Psalm 37. Just a short distance from there now. Psalm 37 in verse 23. 37, 23. It reads, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. He delights in his way. Now, don't let the good man thing trip you up there. Uh, man, of course, means men and women, but good. How many know that if you're in Christ, you're called righteous? 
You are right with God, okay? So you could be called good in Christ. The steps, and this was even in the Old Testament, so it must have been talking about just a good-hearted person, all right? Well-intentioned person. Uh, uh, But the steps of a good man are what? They are ordered by the Lord. So God is looking to tell you where to put your feet, where to put your, where, where to walk, where to not walk, to avoid the bad things and enter on into the good things. All right, our steps are ordered by the Lord. Now, now, just for a side note here, that doesn't mean forced by the Lord. When the Bible says our steps are ordered by Him, it doesn't mean that He is absolutely picking up your legs and making you go into the place that He wants you to go. Okay, the ordering of the Lord, it's, well, it's like if you go to a restaurant and you put in your order, you're telling them what you want, but how many know sometimes it doesn't come back that way? (laughs) This is not what I ordered. How many know there's two sides to the, to the whole process? Likewise, there is, uh, there is with the Lord, He gives the direction, but there is the directing side, there's also the following side. And if God orders our steps are right, but we're not uh, uh, correctly following those orders, then we're not going to end up in the right place. But know this, for every single one of us, know this, that He wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. If I am not in the right place today, if I'm not experiencing what God wants me to have His best in life, it's not because He w- was refusing to show me where it's at. It's not because he is withholding good direction and wisdom and insight and knowledge of where to go and what to do. He is showing that to all of us. We might not have been paying attention. Real possible we might have known and and went the other way anyway. But it's never because God's not leading us in the way that we should go. Okay? And here's the thing about God leading us. Leading us into paths of righteousness and so forth. He's never leading us into disaster. See, this is important for us to understand. Someone said, well, I've had some trouble in life. I've had some problems. I've had some accidents. I've had some, some, some this. I don't mean the Lord left us if we experienced something like that, but he didn't lead us into it. You weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time because God led you there, because he wanted you to be there. That's just not the way that he leads us. Uh, I remember hearing a story about a pastor from Michigan, and he was in the airport in uh, somewhere in California with his staff on a, I guess on a mis- ministry trip. And he was about to, they were about to get on this uh, airplane. And uh, he had a leading from the Lord, just a small leading, a check, that inward witness on the inside told him not to do it, told him not to go there, not, not, not to get on that airplane. And of course, how, how many know it, it can be very easy to override that? Long trip, you know, you want to get home. It's going to cost you money to change flights. It's going to delay a lot of, a lot of situations. And you know what happened is they did that and they followed the leading of the Lord and the airplane crashed and everybody died. But they weren't on it. See, how many know if, if they hadn't have followed that leading, everyone would have said, well, you know, I just don't know why this happened. And we wouldn't have known. We would have said, well, I don't understand why these things happened. Why, why didn't the Lord save them? Well, the truth would have been he tried. The truth would have been that he led them away from it, but for some reason they didn't follow that leading, and so it's not the Lord to blame for the tragedy. 
But thank God there are many stories like this, situations, and maybe you guys have some of them yourself, to where you were checked up on the inside. That means the Lord gave you a, a warning. On, he, he said, don't go here. He said, don't do this or wait or, you know, go somewhere else. Uh, and because of that, because you followed that leading, you're here. Because you followed that leading, maybe you saved a whole lot of time and energy and money and hospital bills or something of that nature. But the Lord is always leading us. We must believe. We must have confidence that He has our best interest in mind and that because He's good, He's not leading us into tragedy. He's leading us away from it. He's trying to direct us around the problem so that we'll have a testimony to His glory and we'll not only be saved ourselves, but we'll help other people along the way. See, we shouldn't fear the crazy people in the world. Say, thank you, because I'm about to go home for Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm not really referencing those people in your family, Griswolds. But what I'm talking about is, is current events, modern happenings, where people are walking into malls and, sh- and schools and theaters and shooting up the place, all right? This kind of stuff happening all around us, we should not be afraid of that. Why should we not be afraid, okay? Say, so I don't know if I, I mean, I'm kind of concerned with this school shooting. Some of you might be concerned about your own children and thinking, well, how... Man, that could happen in our school here. Well, listen, in the big picture, yes, it could happen. But here's where we've got to exercise faith in the safety and protection of God. He's good to you. He's good to your kids. He doesn't want them to to deal with something like that or to get cut off early in life, nor you. So so, so how how do we deal with that? I'm convinced of this, that He will protect us from it, or lead us around it. That I'm either going to not be harmed if something is in my proximity because of the Lord's protection, because He's good, or He's going to warn me about it. I'm just not even going to be there where I might have normally been where something like that might happen. So you see, what are our options? We can believe that or we can be afraid with the rest of the world, be overly concerned and be stressed and up at night because, oh, my kids, I don't want this to happen. What happened to those other kids? Doesn't have to, okay? You know, so, someone uh, says, what, well, what about the people who do die? What are you saying about them? That, how come God didn't pr- protect them? You know, what about, because we hear stories about, you know, back, back to 9-11, people that didn't go to work that day felt like they were not supposed to go. People made quick last-minute decision changes where they normally would have been present, but their life was spared as a result of those decisions. And they give the praise and thanks to God and say, He stopped me from going. But then, of course, the skeptical mind says, I know, but why didn't God tell the other people? Why didn't God tell all, the, about the, all these other tragedies and people to stay away? Why should we assume that God didn't tell them? Huh? See, there are different factors in, in, involved here. And uh, it's possible that some of these people did not have a clue. It's possible that the decisions that led up to this place in life, uh, they had no clue what they were walking into. They had no hesitation at all. I think it's possible that when we, um, when we miss opportunities to be spiritual... To be aware of God, to have a relationship with God. We make choices all through life that we can live very 
ignorance of spiritual things, of God's leading, of His voice, and, and God speaking to people. Again, they, yeah, I think that's crazy. God speaks to people. Well, dude, you better watch out in this world then. Because how are you going to know? You're just not. It's just a big, you know, Russian roulette just going out into the street because you never know what some crazy person's going to do. All right? And it's possible that people have put themselves in that position where they are so dull to spiritual things that, you know, they're just not recognizing anything that God's trying to save them from. But here's another possibility that with some of these, they did, they did recognize it. They, 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 they did. I'm not just talking about the recent events. I'm just talking about in general. All right. Uh, I know it's true in all situations. I just don't want to sound, uh, you know, harsh or uncaring concerning those who just lost people and, and, uh, we don't condemn them at all. And, uh, but there's a, there's a, there's a reality of why things happen and we should be educated so we can avoid, so we can be helped by the Lord. But it's possible in many of these situations that people just ignored the leading. That people said, nah, that doesn't make sense. I mean, why could anything happen? And they override. They push it down. And they say, I- I'm just going to go ahead anyway. I'm just going to quote the, you know, if you're a Christian, you might say, I'm just going to quote Psalm 91 and, uh, and quote, claim God's protection for my life. Listen, I would do that as a normal basis, but when the Lord is directing you to do something else, you always follow His Spirit. Always follow His Spirit, and in that you'll be safe and you'll be protected. But whether we're talking about rebellion or dullness, both have consequences. Both are big reasons why bad things happen in people's lives today. And so we shouldn't ignore either one. But I think... You know, t- just talking about how, about God's plan for our lives is, is an important subject to discuss. You know, the Lord really has something He wants you to do. He has a place for you to go. He has something He wants you to be involved in. And these things should be taken very seriously by the Christian. Not only I'm honored that He would, I'm thankful that He would know my name and have a plan for my life, but then whatever He says... Man, this is important. This is, this is God-level important here. You know, I could miss a lot of things in life, and it won't make a difference whatsoever. But to miss the will of God should be something that's a big deal for us. Everybody with me on this? Okay. Many are content to live their life their own way without consulting the Lord and His plan. This is not wise. He wants to bless us. You, you, you know, I could have done things my own way, followed my own plan in life. Uh, if I had, none of this would exist. I don't know how things would be here. Uh, there are many lives that have been saved and been touched. Where would they be today? I mean, I don't really know. Where would I be today if I hadn't followed the Lord's instructions to begin this work? What, where would I be today? What would my life be like? I don't really know. I don't even know if I'd be, be alive. I mean, how many know it's a big bad world out there and a lot of things can happen. But I know following God's plan for your life is a, is a very safe thing to do. It's a wise thing to do and you enter into His fullness and His blessings when you do. Okay? I know that there's a man of God um, years ago, Kenneth E. Hagan, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him at one time talking to him about his ministry and he was sharing with him how he... Because he had been in ministry for 
quite a few years, and he told them he, that he had not even entered into the first phase of the ministry that he called him to yet. And of course, he was quite upset with that and, you know, not feeling real happy about that. He'd been working all this time and he hadn't even gotten into phase one yet. And, and the, what the Lord told him was very interesting and very powerful. He, he said concerning those in ministry, uh, he, he said many ministers live and die and never even get into the first phase of the ministry I have for them. He said, not always, but many times that's the reason they die young or in middle life and don't live their full length of time out. Why? They were just in the wrong place. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. And there the bus was. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Just, just not giving priority to, commitment to, attention to God's plan. Amen. So I don't really even know what God's plan is. Well, how many know all that, all that kind of stuff starts with a desire to know and a commitment to follow? If you have a heart to know and, and you communicate that to the Lord, He knows that. You have a commitment to follow, then we just walk by faith and believe that He's leading us. And He'll direct our steps and order our, our paths through life and get us in the right place. But we're always listening, always paying attention, always believing and are certain that God wants to talk to us. Go to Romans chapter 2 with me. Can you handle a little bit more today? Romans, the second chapter. It reads over here in Romans 2 and verse 4. Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Now notice that language. The goodness of God, it's the title of the message. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. Not the anger of God. Not, I'm so ticked off at you. No, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. See, this is a powerful principle here. Now, now, now understand, repentance means to change. To repent means to change. We could say it this way. The goodness of God leads us to change. Because God's good, He will what? Lead us. He will lead us to change. Now change how? Change from good to bad? Or change from bad to good? He would lead us to change in the right direction. Because God is good... If there's something in me that's not, He leads me to change. Why would He lead me to change? Because He's good, He wants me to experience good. He wants me to know Him in His goodness. Therefore, it's necessary that He lead me. If I don't have a good leader leading me into good things, I will remain wrong or bad and therefore experience the results of the current state of being, which is not good. So a good God leads me to change whatever is wrong about me or whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm going in the wrong direction, He leads me to change so I'll go in the right direction and experience goodness. This is the Word of God. Come on now. Let's say this out loud together. Say, thank you, Lord. You are leading me by your goodness to change in any way 
that I need to change. Yeah. The end result of that, watch. He leads us to repent, leads us to change. We either yield to it and change direction, change course, go the right, or we resist it. But the end result then is not indicting God as doing something harmful or ignoring us or being distant from us. The end result then has to be on whether we yielded to a good God to do good things. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There's some exciting stuff here, I tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It reads this way, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in failure. Huh? No. How does He lead us? And how often does He lead us? He always leads us in triumph in Christ. Praise God. That's good news. That's something I can latch my believer up to. I can, I can hook, onto the, uh, hook onto this wagon. <laughs> he always leads me in triumph. Always leads me in triumph. Where is He leading you today? Triumph. He's leading you into a victorious life. He's leading you into an overcoming life. To a blessed life. To a happy and fulfilled life. He's not leading you into destruction. Well, what do I need to do? Pay attention and follow. Follow the leader. Huh? And if I'm following a good leader, and I've got it on good authority, that I do, that I have a good leader, he's a good God, he's full of compassion, he's full of mercy and tender kindness, he loves me every single day, I've got a good leader, I should follow him. I should follow, if I have question, when I have a leading from him, I'm not sure about this, I'm going to trust him because he's good. I'm going to trust him because he's faithful, because he is constantly the same, a good, good God to me. Now, just in finishing up here today, how does he lead us? I'm going to just give you a little mini on this, all right? How does he lead us? Well, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So how does he lead us today? He leads us by his Spirit, he leads us by His Spirit. That, that, that's different than He leads us by our circumstances. That's different than He leads us by our surroundings. Or leads us by signs. Or, or, or leads, uh, leads us by, you know, the light turned green. Right as I approached it. This is a sign. I was praying and a leaf fell and landed on my face. No, that's called superstition. That's not the same as being led by the Spirit. All right. Everybody with me today? Being Spirit-led is something that comes as a result of not only being born again, filled with His Spirit, but then walking a, and living a spiritual life. I, 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 when I say a spiritual life, I know it can be Describe this way, but I don't just mean you do everything perfect and you're a perfect person, you never sin or anything like that. No, I mean to, to be in communion, spirit to spirit with God. 
not he's not a mind he's not a body he is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth jesus said in john 4 all right we have a spiritual relationship with him we are filled with the spirit and uh, if you will give time to your spirit Listen, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues and experienced that wonderful thing, you need to get to our Holy Spirit class and get in there and find what this is about and get it. It will help you so much in every area of life. And this is a big one. It'll it'll help us in what? Being led. Following His Spirit and avoiding the traps. Avoiding the junk because your spirit is engaged and alive and active in your relationship with God. And you're not just having a mental experience. I think it's sad that many people relate to God solely on an intellectual level. And church is solely about the sights and the smells and the sounds and, and, and that kind of stuff. It's physical. It's just all flesh. God is spirit. And you never be aware of Him with, if you're constantly just trying to hear Him out of your physical ear. And see Him. Just show me. Give me a vision. Lord, show me something. Listen, God does give us visions and that kind of thing. But these things originate from within. It's a spiritual relationship that we have with God. Okay? And so His voice is on the inside. Remember the Old Testament said the spirit of man is the candle or lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the heart or the belly. Uh, It's from within that God gives us light. Gives us revelation. We find that voice. We find that direction. Many times when we're quiet or when we're praying in the Spirit. Many times when we, when we set some time aside and we're alone with Him and we're not just entertained. You know, wow me some more. Give me something else to be entertained with. That sometimes, and again, I don't mean something's wrong with entertainment by itself. But if that's all we live for, it's a distraction. And it will make us more dull to the voice of God than alive to Him. And these are things for the believer that we must understand and know so that we can uh, be developed in this area, okay? So when we talk about walking uh, and following God's Spirit and believing Him for guidance and protection and ordering our steps, this is a constant position of faith that we must live in. Just like we trust Him for health and we trust Him for provision. I mean, isn't that, it seems like most prayers these days are, are either, you know, my... They're relational, or I need money, or I don't feel good, my body's hurting. But here's one that's often, you know, kind of pushed aside, maybe is not considered to be as important. But I tell you what, we ought to be trusting God just as much as we do for our well-being and that kind of stuff. We trust Him for His leading. Instead of just saying, thank you, Lord, you're my healer. Thank you, Lord, you're my provider. Thank you, Lord, you're my Savior. Lord, thank you, you are my guide. You are showing me things. You speak to me every day and I recognize and hear your voice. See, that's a statement of faith right there. Especially say that kind of stuff if, he, if you're not hearing anything. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that I am a spirit being. I am filled with your spirit. You are inside of me to lead and guide and I recognize your voice. I hear the call. I recognize your leading. Uh, and I trust you today to direct my steps to go the right way. Then then you could say, gladly, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to be afraid of all the junk in this world because you are leading me and I'll be safe and I'll be protected. Amen, amen, amen. Even if you don't have a specific leading, 
I don't have specific leading about everything I do and every step I take and, you know, where I'm going to... Uh, where I'm going to eat lunch and where I'm going to have a, what I'm going to wear. And, you know, just go on with, with constant faith that He's with you and protecting you. But when you do get a leading, then you follow it. And the more we follow His leadings, the more we become aware of those leadings, of those directions from the Lord, and we'll follow them more and more. It'll be more and more clear. Amen? God is good.